This is going to be a great year for you. I'm telling you right now, you're going to be an overcomer. You're not going to be overcome. And you know what's going to happen for you? You're going to have unique divine appointments coming your way. And with that thought in mind, I want to be able to give you something. It's called a teaching on divine appointments. Go to lancewellnow.com forward slash divine and find out how to set yourself up for those random moments in life that totally change your life. That person you need to meet, that door that needs to open. Call 1-800-910-6349 or visit lancewellnow.com forward slash divine and listen to today's broadcast because I've got five keys to unlocking the best year of your life. It's coming up next. Welcome to this special edition of the Lance Wallnow Show. As you can see from our set, which my team has so beautifully put together, we have a, uh, it's the holidays right now, as you can see, and, and God has gifts that, are, that have already been put into 2024 for you. They're under the tree, so to speak. Everything God has planned for you, I'm praying, is going to happen for you in 2024. It's going to be a year the Lord tells me, of so much more in 2024. Now, with more, it's going to come more pressure, more warfare, more breakthrough, more blessing. I wish it was that you could get your more blessing without more breaking through. But that isn't the way the Bible works. The Bible works uh, in such a way that it, it, you're equipped and trained to handle the next level. And so if believers aren't ready for the process of what happens, then when you go through the process of preparation for the more, well, that's where the contradiction comes in. People aren't ready for it. They're not happy about that. They're thinking something's wrong. But I'm telling you something. Every great thing God has for you this year, you're able to seize and take hold of. Now, I've got a, a verse for you. It's in Ephesians. And it's a great verse and it says in chapter 2, verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. And what's the gift of God in that verse? Is it the grace or is it the faith? Well, it's both. God's grace comes to you, which is, which is the enabling power of God. I want you to think about grace this year in a different way. Think of it as God's divine enablement. Think of it like an outlet that you plug into. When you plug into the supernatural enablement of God, you're able to do things which you before you couldn't do. There's a grace upon you for it. Uh, one day I was traveling with somebody that was having meltdowns. They were having anxiety. I was praying for them while we were traveling. Bumps in the air. And I realized they don't fly. Me, I've flown to 3 million miles so far. And that's, that's a lot of miles in there. You got to have faith to fly 3 million miles. But you know what? I heard something from Kim Clement, my prophet friend, who, uh, who's had many strange adventures flying. And uh, I'll tell you one of them today, for instance. But he said to me, when you're doing what God called you to do, you never have anxiety about doing it. I want you to think about that. When you're doing the thing that God called you to do, you don't have to fear that you're going to die in the journey. Now, the Apostle Paul had shipwrecks. The Apostle Paul spent a night and the day in the deep. But guess what? The Apostle Paul made it to his destination. <laughs> Didn't say there was an adversity. That's another word I have for this year. God has more in 2024. He's going to qualify you, and the grace and faith is available as a gift to be able to do what you've never done, to believe for things you've never believed for before, 
to step into things that are brand new that you have no experience in, but you're being qualified for that because grace and faith is a gift, a divine enablement to get you there. Now, uh, the next verse is what it leads into. It's not of works, lest anyone should boast. In other words, there's an aspect of your breakthrough this year, which you could say is uh, predestined for you, not necessarily architected by you. See, in the world, you get credit for what you do. I built this and I built that. It's kind of like Nebuchadnezzar. Look at Babylon that I have built. Well, God humbles the proud because they don't acknowledge the hand of God in the acquisition of what they've got. But the Spirit of God is telling you right now that he has more for you in this year, that you will be given grace and faith to do it. And it's not going to be because of your works, but because of his works through you. His grace in you, his faith through you. It's going to be God working in you and through you to orchestrate things so that it's not of your own ingenuity. It is by his design. I want you to think about how the best things that have ever happened to you never happen because you totally manipulated the outcome. Now, you've got to plan, you've got to prepare, you've got to sow, you've got to do your part. But then the increase is always from God. The, the growth is always supernatural. The, the part that God gets glory in is the part that you don't get glory in. And it's important to glorify God by works that are done that only he can get credit for. You do your part. I'm going to talk to you about your part this year in 2024, what you do so that you situate yourself for God to get glory doing what only he can do. Now, the next part of that verse is so powerful. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There are good works that are going to be done through the Spirit of God working through you, putting desires in your heart and thoughts in your mind and you're cooperating with them. And as you're moving in those things that God has prepared beforehand, you walk in them and then God shows up. When God shows up, God delights to show off his goodness, his grace. Now, it says here in verse, chapter 1, verse 11, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. You have an inheritance. And then it goes into this word predestined. Now that predestination word is something which my generation has so completely drifted away from because we don't like the idea that God has predestined things. But I was reading last night, getting ready for today's broadcast, I was reading Charles Spurgeon. At 18 or 19 years old, this young man was filling out thousands of people in the Surrey Music Theater in London, England. He had no... no proper schooling and training. He was a phenomena. But Charles Haddon Spurgeon was so filled with the word of God like Apollos in the book of Acts that he taught eloquently and spoke accurately the things pertaining to Jesus. And multitudes for 30 or 40 years came to hear him and be inspired by Spurgeon. And Spurgeon, no matter what he preached, it always came back to Jesus. Because as he said, Jesus is the one who is, the, uh, who is the centerpiece of, of all of God's banqueting table. It comes back to what he has done and who he is and, and, and how he operates and moves through us to do his work. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up is because Spurgeon was a strong Calvinist. 
He believed, as George Whitfield believed, the great evangelist, that God predestined people for salvation. This is where people get all upset, but I don't know. I think maybe we need to talk about it. Do you think that your salvation was your doing? According to Ephesians, even the faith and the grace at work in you was a gift. God gave you the ability to believe. God set you up for a divine appointment to hear the message. And what Spurgeon believed and what Whitfield believed, and I think this is very comforting, is that whenever they preached, they expected God's election to be at work and that those who were predestined to hear the word of God would hear it and the grace of God would be at work to transform them. Now, that's never been a disproven theory, although there are different aspects of how theologians break that apart and they make it all a human choice response to the Spirit of God. But I think there's something comforting in knowing that you didn't choose God, God chose you. And he predestined you before you were born to be part of his eternal family. That he knew you while you were yet in your mother's womb. He knew who knew who you were going to be. And he ordained circumstances in your life that would set you up for the moment when you would meet Jesus. You were preordained to be part of the kingdom of God. God had plans for you that are factored into all of what he's going to do in history, and he's already given you those plans and those blueprints. They're inside your spirit. And as you walk with him, he's predestined you for works he's prepared beforehand. You get that word, why I'm linking that together? Because God prepared beforehand things that you would walk into because he's predestined a course for your life. Why do we love prophecy? Why do people enjoy the prophetic? It's because it gives them the idea that God's gone before them to prepare something. Everyone loves prophecy. Oh, and then, of course, in an election year, oh, what's the Lord saying about this? Even if God isn't talking to people, people are talking about what they think they're hearing God say. Everybody likes to know the future because somehow we believe God ordains things to happen. Now, what the Lord does do is everything he's ordained to happen for you he is going to set up for you in advance, and that's called the divine appointment. That's why what I want you to have right now is a gift I'm going to give you uh, for, for any amount, basically, of what you want to sow to this ministry. Go to lancewalnut.com forward slash divine, because God has these divine appointments set up. Next year, your year is going to be the same as this year, except for the divine appointment God sets up with the book you read, with the messages you hear, with the person that you meet, with a door that opens, with an opportunity that comes your way. Every one of those things I described is a divine appointment. I want you to position yourself for them. Go to lancewalnut.com forward slash divine. That's my gift to you in this new year. And, uh, and your, your, uh, your response is to listen. Listen to the message. Don't put it on a shelf, but listen to it because God has predestined works for you to do He's prepared them beforehand, and it's coming out of the riches of his, of his glory that is in this realm of the supernatural that comes in to the realm of time and space and manifests in the works of God. So let's, let's keep talking about this because this idea is, is too important to, to let go of. Go to Jeremiah chapter 29. You don't have a Bible for these Bible studies. You know, Christians are so, hate to say it, you go to church and they put up the verses on a PowerPoint. And then, you know what, uh, then, of course, so many people, and I tell my audience all the time, my students, I say, don't give me your phone and tell me you're looking up the verse because I know human nature. 
I know that if you're looking up that verse, oh, by the way, you'll check your text. And then, by the way, you'll check this and that. Before you know it, you've created a distraction for you from the very thing that God wants you to be hearing. That's why I like Bibles. I like printed Bibles that you mark up. You mark them up. For years, I marked up a Bible with multiple color pens. You know why? I read it one time, I hit it in blue. I hit it another time, I hit it in red. I hit it another time. If the thing keeps talking to me, and before I know it, I've got a rainbow Bible edition here going on because whatever God's saying to me is underscored around four times. I can't miss it. Not, e not as easy to do when you're just digitally erasing everything. So go to Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Now, actually, we'll go to verse 10 because this is an interesting contradiction. The children of Israel are in a generation that is disobedient. They're out of the will of God. And as a result, Babylon comes. Confusion, that's what the word Babel means. Confusion comes, and confusion comes and seizes the nation. I'm living in a country right now which has had Babylon all over for the last six or seven years. It happened before then, but the moment God starts justifying or rectifying or answering the prayers of his people, all hell breaks loose and chaos descends. And so if you're not ready for the confusion, you'll get confused. Jeremiah prophesies 70 years you're going to be in this place called Babylon. You're going to be uprooted from where you are. You're going to go to there. But God even has a plan in the midst of setbacks or apparent national chaos. Look at what it, look at what it says. It says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse um, 10, Thus says the Lord, After 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word to you and cause you to return to this place. God's going to visit them, and he's going to cause them or bring out a catalytic moment where he's going to pull them back into this place. You're being uprooted from here, but you're going to come back. And then look at what he says. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Now, you hold it right there, and you can hold your breath and go, thoughts of divine discipline, thoughts of punishment, thoughts of delayed gratification, thoughts of adjustment. I know the thoughts I have towards you. I know the things I'm thinking towards you, says the Lord. They're thoughts of peace. They're not of evil. My plan is to give you a future and a hope. God's plan this year for you is regardless of the chaos, oh, it's going to be a wonderful election year of all kinds of, a cacophony of conflicting voices. But God says, my thoughts towards you are peace. And my plan for you is a future that has hope. For then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I'm going to listen to you. You'll seek me and find me. And you're going to seek me and find me when you search, with, search for me with all of your heart. Not a divided heart, not a desperate prayer when nothing else works. But when you're seeking God, God will cause hope to come upon you, and you'll start to move even in the midst of, uh, of the uh, chaos of Babylon, God said there was going to be blessing. And then he told them what to do. He said, while you're there, seek the blessing and prosperity of the place that I put you. For in their peace is your peace, and their prosperity is your prosperity. That's one of the reasons why I tell people all the time. It's, it's very important that you're engaged in what goes on in your country. Because, you know, you can live your isolated little Christian bubble and say, well, I'm in, my, I'm in the spirit, I'm confessing Psalm 91, and I'm living in, in faith. Well, your welfare is tied up in the welfare of the city. Therefore, as a responsible citizen of the kingdom, you want to pray for and be engaged in that which will prosper your city 
because in their prosperity, you will prosper. In their peace, you will have peace. So you become an agent now to create, in a sense, an environment, even in Babylon, where you could prosper, where you could put your roots down, where you could have a family, where you could flourish, and where you know that there is a hope for your future where God's going to take you. So let's go into this next year, this, this coming year, with the idea that there is more for you. And in order to have the more, you're going to have to uh, actually stretch out muscles you've never had before. Because the other word that I heard as I was preparing for this next year is the Lord said, there's going to be open doors that are coming. Open doors in 24, an open door in 24. And right away I got happy about that. And then the Lord reminded me of a great verse that Paul says when he went to Ephesus. He said, for a great and effectual door has opened unto me and there are many adversaries. Well, if you're expecting a door of great opportunity without much competition, without much resistance, well, then you're not at a door that is really a really valuable door because the greatest real estate that God has for you is going to have, uh, going to have forces that are going to try to keep you out of that territory. But if God opens up the door, then you can go through, I think it's the church in Philadelphia where God speaks to them. He says, I know you have a little strength. You, you don't think that you have great strength, but you have enough strength to go through the open door. Behold, I've set before you an open door and no man can shut it. No human being will be able to stop you from what God has for you in 2024. Let's take a look at it. Now, I got my board over there and I was thinking, maybe I can illustrate exactly how this looks because to set it up, I want to talk about in the beginning, how do you approach the year? In the beginning, the Bible says, in the beginning, God. It's always a great way to start the year. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God. The Apostle John starts off the gospel, in the beginning uh, the, uh, was the Word. And the Word materialized in flesh and blood form. This year, the Word is going to become manifest in your physical life. The Word becomes flesh and blood. Let's go to that beginning because the, the, uh, the Bible gives us a powerful insight into how this happens. Let's start with, okay, in, uh, let's go to Luke chapter 4. It's a great way to go. Jesus is beginning his ministry. In the beginning, Jesus begins his ministry. And Jesus in chapter 4 of the Gospel of Luke begins, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they were ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stone becomes bread. But Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Rule number one is that uh, when you start off the year, start off filled with the Spirit. That means take time to get before God, get empty of, of whatever guilt, regrets, or, or anxieties, or things could come between you and the Spirit of God. You don't want anything to hinder the contact for the power to come through. Because the Bible says that it's God's will that you be filled with the Spirit. And so we ask God to fill us now and fill us in this new season with His power because Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit and then He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What a strange thing. Why would God fill you 
and then leads you into a barren place. Well, because in the barren place or in the place of transition from what's ending into what's beginning, you go through a wilderness process. And the wilderness works something in you. There's, there's seemingly no distraction in the wilderness. It's just God and the thing trying to keep you from your future. We got nine minutes left. Let's see if I can cover this. Go over here. Oh, look. A clear board I can work with. So uh, here's the verse. We're, we're coming around to this verse. It says, And Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returns from Jordan, is led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days. People say, well, why am I going through this, Brother Lance? Well, maybe God is preparing you to enter something. Maybe God is conditioning you for the next level. Maybe God is building in you something. Maybe the wilderness is going to work something in you in your period of transition so that you've got something stronger going through you when you come out of that wilderness. I'll show you what I mean. See that verse right there? Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan. He just come from John's baptism. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's going to go through the wilderness. When he comes out in verse 14, there's a different nuance here. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. You see, you go into the next year filled with potential. But when you go through the thing that God is bringing you through to prepare you, to strengthen you, to solidify his word, his grace, and his faith on the inside of you, you come out of it in the power. You go in with potential, you come out with the actual. You start to minister something. So let's take a look at how this works. As we come to this year, I'm going to ask you for What's ending? You have to have clear endings in your life. Clear endings are necessary in order for you to go into a new beginning. This is a powerful idea. And actually, it's based on a, on a model that we use for organizational consulting or for personal life transition. The model was actually developed by a researcher in how people deal with grief how when they lose somebody that they love, they have to have a, a period of mourning to let go. There's a point in life where you actually have to have an ending to a previous season. And when you have an ending to the previous season, it sets you up for the new beginning. If you don't have a clear ending, then you never have a new beginning. You know, Queen Victoria, for instance, in Great Britain, uh, she, she so loved her husband that when he had passed away, she wore black for the rest of her life. She wore black for the rest of her life as a sign that she was in perpetual mourning. She never had a clear ending. She couldn't go into a new beginning, could never get another relationship in her life either. But notice this transition thing here, this tunnel. I've deliberately put it the way that I did here because what the researchers found is that people go through a wilderness when they're going from an ending to a beginning. Some things are no longer going to be. You were in Israel, now you're in Babylon. But now the new beginning in Babylon is going to be, put down your roots, you're going to prosper, you're going to flourish, I've got good plans for you. Then at the end of that 70 years, boom, you're going to leave Babylon, go through, back to Jerusalem, rebuild again. I'm going to bless you with a new beginning. Now the reason why I want you to see this, this picture here is because when you go into the wilderness, sometimes you're carrying baggage. This is bags from your previous belief system. This is what you thought was going to happen. This is how you thought things were going to go. 
And then what you're ending up with is God is saying, I've got something new, something better, something different. 2024 is going to have more. And so now you go into this wilderness period. What happens with Jesus in the wilderness? Well, in, in the wilderness, he is encountering a spirit, Satan. Now, here's an interesting thought. I've only got like five minutes for this, so I want to I get it to you. The divine appointments that God has for you in the coming year are going to give you fresh revelation on what you need to know. You'll be the same next year except for the revelation that you get that you act on. The things that God tells you that you act on are going to be the difference between one year and another. You know, it's possible to have 10 years of, of, of experience and no growth because you're just experiencing the same lessons over and over again. God's actual desire is that you would have uh, brand new experiences coming out of the revelation that he gives you. Once again, I want you to get the, uh, the divine appointments gift. You can call 1-800-910-6349. 1-800-910-6349, or you can visit lancewalnut.com forward slash divine, and I want to give you this teaching on divine appointments. All right, so here's my theory of the case, is that through the cross, Jesus has already made it possible for you to go from a clear ending to a new beginning, because everything you need has already been provided for you, that the gift of life that is in Christ Jesus gives you the ability to push through all resistance. What are you really running into in the wilderness? Jesus said, you cannot bind the strong man or, or go into the strong man's house unless you first dealt with the strong man. I have a theory on this, and it's, it's kind of very encouraging. And that theory is that when you go from 2023 into more in 2024, God is going to give you that open door, see, where he's going to invite you to go higher. But in order for you to go up to that next level, there's a spirit at this level. I'll put a little pitchfork here coming out of a cloud. That spirit is going to try to resist you at the door. You see, what happens is the spirit that you're about to plunder tries to block you on the way there. That's why Jesus met the devil in the wilderness. The wilderness was the meeting place for Jesus to bind the strong man before he plundered his house. When you're running into resistance, when you're running into, into um, battles in the present place, I want you to remember this. Your season in the wilderness is the testing in order to empower you, not defeat you. God wants you tested so that you have stronger word, stronger faith, stronger grace, and by, by drawing on that, you move from being full of the Spirit to entering into the power of the Spirit, the power to access the new thing God has for you. Now, you're going to be the same person you were last year, except for the revelation that you embrace and the actions that you take. That means you're going to have to do things you never did before in 2024. You're going to have to do things you've never done before. And that means you're going to have to be leaving the familiar that you're used to to go into the new that you haven't yet experienced. The wilderness is a narrowing place where no one else is around. And you could be in the middle of a crowd and still feel very much alone because God is maturing in you a revelation. He's maturing in you a, 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 um, a disposition, 
a new set of disciplines, a new way of thinking and feeling and believing that is causing you to mature in the process so that you're going to enter into a fresh level of power. Now, Jesus met the devil in the wilderness because he was going to go plunder his house. I believe that you meet your enemy on the way to the next level. You don't meet him at the next level. You meet him on the way. By the time you get to that next level, you've dealt with something. You must have dealt with it in order to get there. Does that make sense to you? So here's my promise to you. I'm going to go back to my seat and end this. 2024 will be a year with a different kind of door. It's going to be a year where the Spirit of God is going to open up to you more. And it's going to be happening to you because he's predestined works for you in this year that he wants you to walk into. So I want you to get a hold of the divine appointments material. You want to visit lancewellon.com forward slash divine. Call 800-910-6349 and take action on your divine appointment. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for everyone that is hearing the sound of my voice. I pray that you will cause the words that have been spoken to pierce the veil, to give fresh hope and fresh courage because I believe you're preparing your people to go to another level, moving up above the storms of earth and entering into a realm of glory, a realm of angels, a realm of power, and a realm of victory in Jesus' name. See you next week. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.